2017. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 276 of what is going to be an interesting show of 40 <laughs> going on 14. I'm Mike. Who are you? This is where you say who As you are. I forgot who I am. Fuck. <laughs> Just roll with it. I'm Patrick. And I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and as someone who has dated his fair share of Latinas, I can say that in Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, the fact that when you get close to her, she throws a knife at you is racist. <laughs> and accurate. <laughs> I, was gonna, I almost ruined your couch gig. Why were you going to say that's true? Yeah, I was going to say, not just racist, also <laughs> accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, this week we are looking for Carmen. <laughs> Bless it. I almost said Carmen Electra. <laughs> we'll also we know throw where she is. You if you get too close. Yeah, that's if true. You put it in the show notes. He will read it. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Stay classy, San Diego. Yeah. So they, recently on uh, Netflix, there came out a Carmen San Diego TV show. Not where in the world, not where on the earth or where in time or whatever it was, but uh, just Carmen San Diego. And. Uh, we dug up some uh, the old Carmen Sandiego game show and cartoon and uh, comparing it to the new one. And if you like digging up old things, you might like the shows on the Podcast Collective, such as the Bad Parenting Podcast, Tales from the Hard Side, the Empty Rant Podcast, Talk Music to Me, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. San Diego. Yes. I'll allow it. <laughs> All right. The and ref says it's good. He can play the hell out of that guitar. <laughs> Rockapella for the win. Oh, God. All right. So if you're looking for our we'll older stuff, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, Noon FM, and give us a review on uh, either iTunes or Podchaser.com. And if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, it's uh, 708 now rap. That's 708 669 9727. Did you have to look it up? I did. <laughs> Do you smell toast, Mike? <laughs> Are you okay? No, I smell blood. <laughs> oh. He's just what been is... drinking for the last 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> what, is it we, what is it we can smell from miles away? Is, that... <laughs> is, is, it, is, is it toast? <laughs> no, it's blood. Oh, I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> I think I'm having a stroke. That's, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it's about that time. I think it is. This week in... Music, movies, and TV. <laughs> Did you say and Diego? Oh, I just said and San Diego. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. So uh, this week, Pat has chosen September 30th, 1991, which I am assuming is the release of the... Uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego game show? No, 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 I just picked that date. Just like that he date. He just likes that day. Yeah, that's a good day. Oh, that was that was the pilot. Yeah, obviously. Okay, cool. All right. So music. The number one song in the land is scroll up. <laughs> I adore <laughs> Mia Boar by Color Me Bad. <laughs> that's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> Oof, not not me. Uh, I love that song. Dude, that was a super group. Were they though? George, George Michael and Kenny G, and <laughs> you know, sure looked like it. 
So I, I have to I have to go along with Josh on this one. It is definitely a uh, a guilty pleasure band all around. Ugh. Are they really yeah. a band? Do you, you consider them a band? For me, it's that song. I actually legitimately love that song. I think I'd rather listen to Rico Suave on a loop. <laughs> how is that? How is that a? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I want either of those options. Yeah, it's it's not like. Would you like to get kicked in the balls? Or would you like to get hit in the head with a crowbar? Rico. <laughs> Suave. I rescind I I, my I, question. I, I, I might go with the with Rico Suave. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I might go with Rico Suave simply because uh, it at least every now and then I can change it up in my head to the Weird Al version. Oh, that's true. There's no, you know, there's no Weird Al or any other version of I Adore Me Amore because no one will ever cover that song because it's. I mean, it is kind of impossible to make it more ridiculous, but exactly. I still kind of love it. Yeah, I think yeah. there's an Andrea Bocelli version of it. Yeah. No, that's not true. Sometimes, anyway. Josh, sometimes, Josh, I just don't know. I, you know, I I understand if people cannot go where I have gone with I adore me more. <laughs> Color Josh bad. Really, brain? Yeah. <laughs> uh, San Diego. All right. So albums released this week include Nirvana's Nevermind. Why do I keep hitting that button? Because it keeps scrolling things up. Yes, yeah, stop messing uh, with what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Albums released this week include Nirvana's Nevermind, A Tribe Called Quest, The Low End Theory, Talk Talk's Laughing Stock, Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I never realized that this was such an important week in music for me. That's what Pat was saying when he was writing it. Yeah. Yeah, because I owned all of those albums except for Talk Talk. Was there anything off that we'd know? Uh, yeah, the, the original version of um, the song that was covered by No Doubt. Um, uh, oh, Crip. Spiderwebs. No. Spiderwebs. No. Uh, I'm just a girl. It's my life. <laughs> oh. I had to sing the song in my head, sorry. The bon it's, my, it's my life. No. God. Mike, you want to cue it up? No. Oh. <laughs> How about you queue up I Adore Me more? Oh, Jesus, please don't. <laughs> that would have been amazing if he said, okay, and he queued that up. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, <sighs> moving on, then. You guys the... know that song, trust me. It's one of those. Yeah, I'm going to trust you. But uh, There's your first mistake. Tribe Called <laughs> Quest, that, that's an amazing album. Of course, Nevermind is that's a personal favorite. Uh, User Illusion 1 and 2. Eh, it right. blows my mind that I have. there are people at work that do not know who uh, um, Tribe Called Quest is. How can you not? They're, they're an important part of hip-hop. I, I, like I said, it's, I, I work with a lot of people who are not... I mean, okay, so tomorrow is... You work with a lot of people that are not American for first. That's first true. Off. I do. Um, I also work with... A, <laughs> the, like tomorrow is March fourteenth, and I'm like, oh, I'm bringing in pies for Pie Day, and everyone's like, Pie Day? Why is it Pie Day? Is I don't know. Is that some sort of weird Halloween? No, it's three four point one four. It's Pie Day. I'm like, we don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, you're freaking accountants. I mean, you you know math. Why would you not know what pie is? And I discovered that accountants are not mathematicians. Correct. Just like you know, you know, uh. 
carpenters are not hammer makers. But if you need somebody to like show you how to use Excel like a madman, talk to an accountant. Oh, totally. Tomorrow's Thursday, not Pi Day. Anyway, on November 3rd, a free tribute concert was held at Golden Gate Park in memory of concert promoter Bill Graham, who was killed in a helicopter crash three weeks earlier at the age of 60. Performers included Santana, The Grateful Dead, Journey, and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Wow. I, I wouldn't mind going to that concert. That would, not, that would be a, a good time all around, I think. I mean, when Grateful Dead's on stage, you can go to the bathroom, go get something to eat. <laughs> Run home, do some laundry. <laughs> right? Read a book. <laughs> Come back the next week. And that's what? just during trucking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, shit. They're playing Uncle John's band. Let's leave again. Oh, I do love that song. <laughs> oh, God, no. 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 No, no Michael. Bad yes. Michael. Yeah, my, my finger is on the trigger. <laughs> Bad Michael. Unfortunately, he has the control. I controls the horizontal the and the vertical. The CMA Awards, held October 3rd, has among its winners legends such as Garth Brooks, Tanya Tucker, and Vince Gill. You know, I haven't heard Tanya Tucker's name in a while. Is that... I mean, did you... Was that a normal thing for you for a while? Yeah. (laughs) Every day. I was listening to country quite a bit in... uh, uh, Towards the end of high school and into the first part of... Even first part of college a little bit. And, uh, yeah, she came up quite a bit. But I haven't... I haven't heard anything... Well... For many of them, I haven't listened to country in a while, but she's still making have you, music. Have yeah. you seen the movie Tanya Tucker versus Evil? Oh no, but I'd like to. <laughs> I'd watch that. That was dumb, <laughs> but it made me laugh anyway. <laughs> and finally, jazz trumpeter and musical legend Miles Davis died from complications of pneumonia on September 28th and was absorbed. Sadly. Dream on, oh. dream away. San Diego. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, moving on to movies. Color much me as I'd sad. Hope, <laughs> much as I'd hope for a little more of that, we'll move on to movies. The number one movie in the land was The Fisher King. Yes. Yeah, we've talked about that a little bit during this weekend. I still love it. Oh, Great movie. I wish, I, I'm not saying I wish they would remake it, but I wish we could have something that we could connect it to for the now. Eventually. If we do the the Terry Gilliam show, well, I mean we've already done Python or the Robin Williams show. Well, they are definitely they are talking about uh, remaking um, Time Bandits. Time Bandits. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. That is a thing. All right, my own private Idaho was released on September 29th. Didn't like that one as much. I think that was my first experience with Gus Van Zandt. Yeah, not a fan of that one either. Mm. I've never seen it. Well, I can say if Joel did not like it, I actually have a chance of liking it. <laughs> or you might hate it. <laughs> That's I true. Think you'd hate it. Okay. I mean, it's not weird in a productive way. Oh, it's okay. Weird. It could be the opposite. It could be so weird that even Joel didn't like it, so it could be that you hate it. Wow, that's saying oh. something. Good point. I'll go with Josh, because usually when Josh and I, I think, are pretty much... Even on movie movie choices. Yeah, most of the time artists agree. Yeah. Okay. Simpatico. Born on May 31st, 1904. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I almost typed it in there. <laughs> Nancy Welford was an American actress in early talkie era. As early as 1921, she was active in vaudeville. She joined the Gallagher and Sean duo in their performances. 
you know, Gallagher and Sean. It could have even been Sheehan. I'm not sure. I, I don't know either. But I didn't realize Gallagher was that old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was mostly like silent watermelons. <laughs> not as funny. In 1926, Welford starred in Nancy, a musical for which she was the inspiration. She acted in five films between the years 1929 and 1933, but she's probably today mostly known for starring in the 1929 musical and acronym of the week, GDOB, which I'm pretty sure is Grandma Does Old Bastards. (laughs) (laughs) The Blanche Dubois story. Dream on, dream (laughs) No, uh, that is Gold Diggers of Broadway. Uh, Gold Diggers of Broadway, which was the second all-color, co- <laughs> all all-talking feature ever made. Mm. Today, Gold Diggers of Broadway is a lost film with only two surviving reels. Nancy Welford died on September 30th in San Francisco. That's kind of sad. Only two reels left of that whole movie. Who knows? It could have been the next... Color Me Bad. Day. Right. <laughs> I didn't kill it. Color Me Bad killed it. Do not speak ill of Color Me Bad. The top shows in the land and TV I world. Well of them either, though. That's true. I never said speak good of them. I just uh, top shows: sixty minutes, Roseanne, Murphy Brown, and Home Improvement. It was nineteen ninety-one. Yep, all makes sense. It right was then. as bad for TV as it was good for music. Yeah. <laughs> God, 60 minutes. Is that even still on? 60 minutes? I believe it is. Is Mickey Rooney dead yet? No. What's his <laughs> no. name? Not Mickey Rooney. What's the name of the guy on there? That <laughs> Andy Rooney. Andy, Andy Rooney. Rooney. <laughs> Jiminy Willikers. Jiminy Willikers. You know what I hate? Everything. <laughs> Momar Gaddafi. That's going to be me if I, if I end up old. Oh, my God. That totally will be. What? You're going to have a little beanie hat on? And giant eyebrows. He's going to have those eyebrows that pick up the Skittles and feed them to you. (laughs) All right. So shows that debuted this week included The Commish, starring Michael Chiclet. And And Jerry Jerry Springer Stowe, starring Jerry Springer. And Michael Chiclet. I met Jerry Springer. Really? What? Yeah. What? Why? What what do you mean? I met Steve. I mean, why would you bother? Well, because I was working at the bank where he came in to cash his check. That's why. I worked at the bank at the Hancock Center. I talked about it. I think I talked about it a couple of shows ago. He you was did. another one of the people that came in. You met um, Frank. Uh, Frank Thomas, Jerry Thomas. Springer, Chris uh, Farley. Um, trying to think, there was a couple other people that came in just to get some cash. But uh, Jerry Springer was actually pretty cool. He would come in and he would go to like the personal bankers to cash his check. And because he was afraid that he would get mobbed or something. So he sat in their little whatever. I mean, he sat in his little office area while the cash check brought it to me, put it up, you know, gave the cash to personal banker, take it back to him. And he would go and he would say goodbye to all of us. And then he would go downstairs and uh, order donuts for us from the do- a f- donut shop and send donuts up for us. Then a fight would break out. Yep. And then someone hit me with a chair. <laughs> that explains a lot. Turns out it was Chris Farley. Huh. <gasps> Yep. Uh, also, on September 29th was the debut of Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit music video on MTV's 120 Minutes. This was not how long the movie, uh, the video was. 
It was actually just all three and a half minutes long. All right, then. <laughs> so, Square One TV. I'm gonna have to stay. Oh, no. Yeah. Square One Television returned for its fourth season on September 30th, and I had no idea. What the hell is one Square One? It was a uh, children's show. Yeah. Huh. They had game shows. About math and um, abstract concepts. Conspeps? Conspeps. Conscripts. Very They had game shows, including child contestants competing to win prizes in games such as But Who's Adding? Piece of the Pie. Sounds thrilling, really. (laughs) Moving on to sports. 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 Simona Halep is a Romanian professional tennis player who was born Uh September 27th. The Women's Tennis Association ranked her world number one in singles for the first time on October 9th of 2017. On her second occasion, she held the ranking for 48 consecutive weeks. In total, she has been number one for 64 weeks, which ranks 10th in the history of female tennis. Halep was the year-end number one in 2017 and 2018. She is currently ranked world number two on the WTA Tour and has won 18 WTA singles titles. Halep has also finished runner-up 15 times. So she's actually pretty big in the tennis, and I'd never even heard of her. Hmm. I haven't either. Yeah. Halep, I need somebody, Halep. Not just anybody, Halep. No. Boo that man. Okay. Boo. Boo. So if any of you are still listening, Pat has one more sports thing to talk about. I do not. I have three more. Oh, dear. I said boo earns. <laughs> The 29th Ryder Cup matches were held September 27th to the 29th off the coast of South Carolina. The United States team won the competition by 14.5 to 13.5 points, winning back the cup on the 18th hole of the final match. Two-time Masters champion Bernhard Langer missed a six-foot putt for par that would have won his match and clinched a 14-all tie, thus retaining the Ryder Cup for Europe. It was the first win for the U.S. since 1983. Due to the fierce competition, gamesmanship, and general over-exuberance of the U.S. team and their fans, these Ryder Cup matches became known as the, quote, war on the shore, end quote. Fierce. So apparently us Americans were far too brutish for the British? Europeans. Yeah. Brutish. Brutish. Brutish for the British. Brutish, yeah. The British don't like brutish. Let's say that one five times fast. No. Okay. I can barely say my name. (laughs) Steffi Graf beat Magdalena Maliva of Bulgaria in the Volkswagen Cup to become the youngest woman to win 500 professional tennis matches. A record that is still held to this day, I believe. Really? I'm pretty sure that's accurate, yeah. And lastly, on October 5th, Fresno State tied the NCAA football record with 49 points in one quarter as they routed New Mexico 94-17 to at Bulldog Stadium in Fresno. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Did, yeah, well, that's like a basketball score when one team like left in the first quarter. I was going <laughs> to say, did they leave at halftime? <laughs> like, I think we're done here. Let's go back to New Mexico. 
All right. Well, there is sports and the This Weekend. Take us out, Keyboard Joel. Nah, 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 nah. San Diego. <laughs> All right. Do we want to take a quick break here? It's up to you guys. I'm good to keep going. I'm, I'm good to keep... Well, I got to piss like a bandit. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to have to pee like half a bottle of rum, so I'll All be right. right back. Yeah. Okay, so Carmen Sandiego <clears throat> uh, decided on this show because of the Netflix show that just popped up, but originally it was a video game, which was done by Broderbund, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, Broderbund, but Broderbund. close. Yeah, okay. Um, whereupon in this game you were tasked with, I don't even know if, uh, dirty secret, I've never played the video game. Interesting, because until preparing for the show, I'd seen like one episode of the game show, but I extensively played the games. Mm. And I'm even further on the other. Uh, I'd, I'd never seen the show at all, and I'd only played the video game. Really? I, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think I could say I've done either. Really? Yeah, I can remember going to the Cicero Public Library specifically to log on to the Apple IIe there to play Carmen Sandiego. Okay, so tell me a little bit about how the whole game went. I mean, you were either trying to track down Carmen or one of her gang. Usually she was sort of a last boss type, and you would get a couple of clues to track down the thief who had stolen some object, and each of the clues would lead you to a different place if you could uh, narrow it down based on the geography. Okay. Uh, And then if you selected the correct one, you'd get more clues. And if you got too close too fast, uh, the uh, criminal would attack you, throwing a knife or dropping a flower pot. But, like, eventually you would get to the city with the bad guy near the end of when the game was supposed to end, and you'd catch them and put them behind bar- bars, basically. Okay, so you, it was... The, a- the version I had came with a um, an almanac that you had to use to, to search for a- answers to questions and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so it was just like a geography, landmark, places, famous places of the world learning game then. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, it felt less educational and more fun. It was right up there with Oregon Trail in those early edutainment games as games that stood on their own as like fun and educational. Correct, because I mean, that's how I learned most of the world capitals. Really? Was, play, was playing that game, yeah. Huh. What were you, like 34 then? <laughs> I'm just saying, if it could teach Pat something, must have been doing well. <laughs> and retain it, that's the trick. Yeah, so that game, apparently, okay, Josh, if you were going to the library to play that, that must have been like mid, mid-80s mid for it then. Oh, for sure. Okay, okay, 1985 is when that one came out. So, 1991, they turned where turned into Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego into a uh, game show where contestants would literally play the game. They'd pursue the international thief as junior detectives who must answer questions about geography. So it was a uh, half-hour-long television show uh, based off the Broderbund software. It was hosted by Greg Lee and uh, Lynn Thigpen and the acapella group Rockapella. Oof. Sing it, Rockapella. Yeah. Oh, don't oof, Rockapella. Oh, that, well, Pat, see, as Patrick. A, as a 47-year-old man, oof. 
Patrick Never. Patrick hates acapella bands. He has true. Yeah, that is a true statement. It's kind of a weird, unjustified hatred. And, I mean, they're still rolling. So I mean, well, I hope that the lead singer cut his hair. Yeah, does he still have the uh, the the mullet braids? The the worst mullet in the history of mullets. I do not know. <laughs> I do not like the, know. The Bo Derek mullet. Like, oh, like, it's buddy. bad. Buddy, come on. No, it looks you like have, they you have, have no friends at all. No one will tell you that looks awful. I mean, all of them look pretty trim, except for one of them who kind of looks like Owen Wilson's brother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I wish I could. We, we also call him Luke Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Luke Wilson is part of Rockefeller. I did not know that. So, um, but yeah, uh, Rockefeller was part of it. They were basically the house band and comedy troupe. That's a thing. Uh, it was created at Lifetime Studios and produced by WQED and WGBH TV and aired on PBS. That's a lot of acronyms. That is. Uh, but it aired from 1991 to 1995 with a total of 296 episodes. That's crazy. Only one of them was not aired. And I will go over that later. So, uh, this show won seven daytime Emmys and a Peabody award in 1992. Uh, 2001, uh, TV guide ranked it as number 47 of the 50 greatest game shows of all time. Really? Yeah, but uh, the creation of the show, uh, National Geographic, uh, did a survey and said, holy crap, Americans don't know where anything is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, ready for this? So, in this survey, only one in four Americans were able to locate the Soviet Union or the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) So, National Geographic said, we got to do something about this. And uh, the questions were verified by National Geographic World and provided prizes to the contestants in the form of subscriptions to National Geographic. Huh. How do you... Okay, this is the thing. One in four not knowing where the Soviet Union or the Pacific Ocean is in 1991. That's... Upsetting. Yeah. Hopefully fake, but... I mean, I mean, they didn't not. have the internet, so I don't know. Well, you would think they would have a, a chance where they would at least be like, I'm going to spin the globe and just put your finger wherever. And you think you'd have a 50-50 chance of getting at least the Soviet Union or the Pacific Ocean on that spin. There are two pretty big places on the map. Right. So, uh, yeah, this was hosted by Greg Lee, who um, has... Known for this, where in the world is Carmen San Diego, and also something called Beneath the Blue, and producing a show called Action Auto, which I and for having a lot of energy. Yes, he does. I mean, th- say what you will about the show. Once we get to the actual thoughts on it, but that dude kept that energy up and was always really, really positive, and seemed like he was, you know, mm-hmm. enjoying himself for the sake of the kids. Yeah, and he also uh, actually did the voice of Principal White or Mayor Robert Bob White in the uh, cartoon uh, Doug. I don't know if we, any of us watched that, but 
I know that I, one. I'm familiar with it, but I didn't watch it. Yeah. Also in this is Lynn Thigpen, who played the Chief, and I think she did a great job of playing the Chief. Um, I thought it was Miss Cleo at first. <laughs> <laughs> You're racist. Um, <laughs> so she was also known for playing DJ in the 1979 classic The Warriors. I have that one. I own it. Yep. Uh, has been on the TV show The District. And Joel, as you and I are the only two with kids, I don't know, did your kids ever watch uh, Bear in the Big Blue House? No, but I know that I know of the show. Uh, she played Luna the Moon. She did the voice of uh, Luna in that one. So, yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen her in stuff. She's you know one of those people. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. You look at her. You look at her picture, and you're like, you definitely know who she is. You've seen her before in something. She's played that character actor across. Um, yeah, she's not CCH Pounder. Oh, definitely not. Uh, so according to the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, in, this, in the trivia, the uh, show's theme song, penned by Sean Altman and David Yazbek, is one of the most well-known themes in television history. I am not entirely sure that's accurate. Right, I'm not either. Considering that Sean Altman is known for such classics as Leap of Faith and writing the song The Roach Chorus from the movie Joe's Apartment. Oh, man. I mean, I'm, I remember that, but... Joe's I Apartment. That movie. Yeah, he also did... Uh, David Yazbek also did something called The Ten, which looks like it's uh, some sort of movie about the Ten Commandments. I kind of call bullshit on that one. Which... That it's a best known? Yeah. No, that it's about the Ten Commandments. It's really like the <laughs> yeah. 100, but it's only two episodes. <laughs> um, now, trivia about the unaired episode. In the unaired Old Long Gone that was taped in 1992, contestant Jasmine Doman was originally the winner of the game. During the map, uh, map portion of the game, after getting a four out of eight, she slipped and fell and broke her arm. They stopped taping. Doman was taken off to, to get her arm fixed, and the winner position was placed to Ed Mann, who Doman had just defeated in the second round. So in addition to that injury, there were other problems. Uh, Sean... Uh, Ripped Greg's jacket. The plastic diver guy's tank broke, which water everywhere. And then Greg took over. Actually, yeah, the um, Greg Lee wound up taking over the role of the chief because Lynn Thigpen uh, had a sore throat. So, who stepped in to take over Greg's role? A one Mark Summers. <laughs> Of um, God, what was the name of the Double the, Dare? Yeah, Double Dare. So he yeah, stepped so they in. They just dumped everyone with slime and yeah, okay. <laughs> and pushed him down a slide and into a I ball don't pit. Know. So uh, I'm guessing Mark Summers must have been recording Double Dare next door, and they're like, "Hey, Mark, come over here for like 15 minutes." And uh, though the hey, film, give yourself a cool five thousand dollars. Yeah, here I have five K. Just do this. The episode went filmed and unedited. 
and was unaired due to all the glitches and the chaos, though uh, they recently confirmed that it was recorded and unclear if anybody even still has a tape of it. They didn't pay him five grand. They gave him a subscription to National Geographic World. Yeah, I am glad it. that his career survived, though. I mean, he was on unwrapped on Food Network for a long time. Mark Summers? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I like him. He, he, how do I put it? He, he makes he me smile. Almost, he has an almost debilitating case of OCD. What? Really? Yep. I mean, like, are we talking like Howie Mandel type of stuff or? Yeah. Wow. Which I find it funny that he used to host Double Dare, like one of the messiest shows out there. Well, I so maybe he got it afterwards. I mean, yeah, it could be. It could be like a PTSD. That's true. Because <laughs> on on unwrapped, like it was like in his contract and everything, how everything <gasps> had to be set up and laid out. Like if you ever look at all the displays when he's sitting around talking and the the, the dining tables, like everything is like lined up nicely and clean and all that kind of crap. I just looked up his IMDb page, and he has 2019 TV series Double Dare. Oh! Executive producer, one episode so far on Kids Choice. Uh, oh my God! It just went up March 11th. Ooh! <gasps> I sense a future show. I would totally oh, be what's, down what's with topic? that. Really, oh, Pat? Jesus. Double Dare. <laughs> Uh, really brain <laughs> well slime I so uh, Mark Summers is hosting and Li- Lisa Koshi is the uh, is the host hmm. I don't know who that is nope, she's on something called Fre- oh Freakish from Hulu uh, the uh, high school zombie apocalypse movie hmm. as they are oh okay no I actually recognize her from uh one of the Medea, like the first Medea Halloween. <laughs> oh, <no>. Wow. <laughs> it's a rite of passage. So, yeah, so that is the game show. Now, it. I've watched several episodes. Super cheesy, super. Uh, Gregarious. Yeah. It's very vaudevillian in a lot of It was of a little hard to watch. Yeah. But at the same time, there's something endearing about it that I, even though I didn't plan on watching multiple episodes, like I ended up watching like five of them. <laughs> I was watching at work and then I was watching at home. It's, it's something fun about it. And plus you're learning. And that, it's very innocent. It, yeah. that, that's the thing. That's the way I would put it. It's very innocent. It's very... Kids are going to love this stuff. You're going to pretend that you're a spy compared to like, if I showed that to the girls now, they'd be like, all right, that's awesome, dad. It's kitschy. It is, but it's fun. The thing I will definitely say is that, um, Greg Lee and Lynn Thigpen were a hundred percent in. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, as I don't have a whole lot good to say about it. It, Like I said, it was very difficult for me to sit through but the chief was the best part oh 100%. yeah yeah she did she did a great job i mean i, I i'm not saying i oh i totally bought it i felt like i was actually a spy but <laughs> you can tell that she she believed that she was helping kids learn she, and i think they were you know she kind of that's exactly what she reminded me she reminded me of like that that teacher you had in grade school that just wanted you to enjoy learning. 
The one with the great ass? Yes. Oh. I'm just going to roll with it. Not even going to question it. I'd like to think that's me now. <laughs> the teacher with the great ass? Yes. Or just the teacher that is an ass. That, that would be me if I was a teacher. I'm going to stop talking. I doubt it. No. Why, that's no. why you can't no. live near schools, Joel. Because he won't stop talking? That yeah. too. That too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it was definitely a, a le- like a learning game show that seemed to be a thing of the time. Am I, th- am I remembering this incorrectly that there were more than one of these helping kids learn type shows that were out there like game shows? <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no idea what just happened. I, I hope the recording picked that up. What that the was... hell was that? <laughs> For some reason, my computer went to an ad or something. Why know. are you angering Spike Lee? Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, Samuel Jackson just showed up or something. Like, what the fuck was that? I don't know. <laughs> I closed my window before I could really check. I was just like, why is there? Anyway, what were we talking about? I was talking about helping kids learn. <sighs> a lot no, of educational the, television shows from the early nineties. Well, there was well, there was a lot of kids' game shows. I don't know how many of them were like educational per se, but there were a lot of. It seemed to be kind of a thing to have kid-based well, game shows. Well, that was the the birth the birth of Nickelodeon, right? Mm-hmm. Was it? It was before then, wasn't it? Or was it in the early nineties? I thought it was the early nineties. Nickelodeon. Yeah. No, Nickelodeon was, um, I was watching that when I was in grade school, man. I mean, how to, uh, founded December 1st, 1977. Yeah. You can't do that on television, man. Wow. All right. Yeah. Who was, um, who was that? That was some Canadian singers. No, no, no. It was Canadian. Yes. Uh, no, there was some singer. Talk amongst yourselves. Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Alanis Morissette's first, uh, TV appearance was Mm -hmm. her being on Mm -hmm. that show. Wasn't oh no they Isn't were, that um, ironic? Actually, that is. Of maybe that she just picked up on that and carried it her whole career until she was like, "What about forks? Are forks ironic?" <laughs> anyway, yes, there there seemed like there was a, a thing at that point. Um, <laughs> that was the there most, was a lot of kids that was the most descriptive sentence I've ever heard you use. Uh, I'm <laughs> All trying right. To, Get things back on track. All right, let's go back. I saw 10,000 spoons. They were asking for directions to the Tower of London. (laughs) (laughs) What? Trying to bring us back to Carmen San Diego. (laughs) I don't even know what that means, but I want a shirt that says that. Uh, Okay, so in 1994, the cartoon came out. Uh, which is called Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego? Because apparently people were confused between where in the world and where on Earth. Um, this is a action spy sort of uh, kid show. The world-famous thief, Carmen Sandiego, plays an intricate game of cat and mouse with teen Acme detectives Zach and Ivy. Uh, it was produced by Dick Productions. And uh, originally aired Sunday mornings on Fox, on the Fox Kids Block. 
Uh, episodes have been repeated in the Fox family packs in the short-lived Girls Channel. It's spelled with a Z, so you know it's edgy. Oh. Yeah. Uh, reruns currently are on the on the Worship <laughs> Network. What? And Cubo. I don't know what either of those things are. Though it did win a uh, daytime Emmy for Outstanding Children's Animated Program in 95. And the same year was spun off into a Where in the World video game entitled Carmen Sandiego Junior Detective. Uh, some of the tri- Actually, I'm going to get to some of the trivia about the music, which is the only thing that I had on there. Uh, the original main theme is a altered version of the opera Die Einführung aus dem Serral, composed by Mozart. I thought so. I know. You're, totally when you listen to it, you're like, hmm, that sounds like the Infrunkdalta Serral. Now, how many of us watched this? I, I mean, I knew it existed, but I did not watch it. I was just looking it up now to, to see if it ever looked like anything I've seen before, but it doesn't, doesn't ring any bells. No. See, when no, I, I mean, between the game show and uh, Boy Meets World for Did You Do Your Homework, I, I was loaded up on stuff I didn't want to watch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> in this show, the spies, you, 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 the whole show starts out with you go through the player. So it's kind of like the player is playing the video game and you're in literally interacting with the game itself. So they refer to you as the player the entire time while Ivy and Zach are trying to find Carmen Sandiego. Okay, so you kind of, that's the bookends of it, is the kid playing the video game and you go into it. And then there's the chief on this one who kind of looks like a cartoonized um, Max Headroom. Imagine, Imagine Max Headroom with a pompadour. Okay. Who is voiced by <laughs> Roger Bumpass. I know Roger Bumpass. You do. What do you know him Not from? Personally, but he does um uh, he's a voice actor primarily, but Yeah. Uh, Come on. Uh, all I'm coming to mind is, is SpongeBob, but that's not right. You are right. Oh. He does the voice of Squidward. Oh, okay. Hey, I was right for some. Yeah, and he also played Phil Hilton in the running man. Who I don't know who that is. Bill Hilton. I was that the the janitor maybe? I, it was did, probably one of the guys who got killed. Did you say it was interactive? So like Captain Power, like you, like directed it? No, or? no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't so much. It was like in the beginning. It showed. It showed a kid, the back of a kid playing the video game. Uh, and then when you play the video game, it actually they would turn and look out, break the fourth wall, talk to the screen, and be like, hey, you know. Player, we're going to do this. Take me to this area. Um, the character of Ivy, who is voiced by Jennifer Hale, Josh, um, <laughs> does the female voice of Commander Shepard in all the Mass Effect games. Josh does the female voice of Commander Shepard? No, I was saying... I wish. I mean, Fem Shep is the one true Shep. True. I totally agree with you on that. She, but yeah, she does the voice of that, and also did the voice of Cinderella in Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, this makes sense. Roger Bumpass 
is a voice actor, and in uh, The Running Man, he played the voiceover guy for The Running Man show. Yeah, oh. I just brought up the image of him with the, like the headphones on. Yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah, so you got Russian, and then Scott Menville uh, did the voice of Zach, who was the super cool, like Ivy was like the older sister, I'm all business, I'm the older sister type of attitude, and Zach was, was a Lego maniac. Pretty much. Uh, he was the headphone wearing sunglasses on skateboarding younger brother to Ivy. A hot dog makes him lose control. Pretty much. Uh, now he looks like kind of a badass. <laughs> if you look up his IMDb, he is currently still a voice actor and uh, has been doing the voice of Robin, Red X, and Nightwing in uh, Teen Titans. So good on them. They are still uh, getting uh, getting vo- getting their voice actor on with stuff like Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters. <laughs> Scott Menville. Yeah, he also oh, did yeah. some of the other things that he's done. Is he did the voice of uh, Doctor Octopus in the Spider-Man TV series that was in uh, 2017, and uh, was it? Troll Hunters and a couple other. I mean, he's still doing stuff. Yeah, I'd actually say Troll Hunters is pretty high profile. Oh yeah, that's on Netflix right now. So mm-hmm. it looks like pretty a dude that, too. Yeah, that uh, would kick your ass. Not yeah. your ass specifically, but kick no. Your but ass. if you look up, you look up his IMDb, and he definitely does look like someone would slap you around. Uh, the guy who played Player Z, who was basically the kid who sat in the chair and turned and looked at the screen every morning. Um, is played by Eric Monette. Uh, the only reason I bring him up is because he was the producer of the Lord of the Rings Two Tower PlayStation Two game, which I loved. And that's I've, it. I've obviously never played it. It's a good game. Now, here's the one that's going to get us on all the uh, on the retro stuff. Where did it go? <laughs> Bump ass. Bump ass. I know, that's a terrible... High school must have sucked for him. Right? Can you imagine? Ugh. Hey, bump ass! So the voice of Carmen Sandiego was done by Rita Marino. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, that makes more sense now. I okay. didn't know that. Do we know who that is? Yeah. The comedian. Right. Now, why do we know her? Come on. Pat, why do you know her? I just know her from her stand-up. Right. Josh, stand-up, right? Stand-up primarily, yeah. Okay. She was on the electric company, and she was the one who did the Hey You Guys in the ep- uh, the uh, intro to it every single time. Huh. Holy crap. That's wow. the only reason I know her. Well, right? I mean, she's an actress. But... Yeah, and she, she was on uh, electric company opposite um, Morgan Freeman playing uh, Easy Reader. She's a yeah. comedian? Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so she, she played she played a bunch of different characters on and originally her character's name was Carmela on the Electric Company, but uh yeah, she was uh she was a hey you guys person from uh Electric Company. She was also uh, Sister Pete in Oz on HBO. Yep. That is true. Now I'd like to like to say that there's some I mean there's there were a lot of really talented oh. people in this. She's also on One Day at a Time, which at some point we will be covering. The new one. 
Oh, she is? Yeah. She's like, she's the, like the matriarch of the family in the oh, new wow. One Day at a Time. Oh, really? Yep. So she's the lead. Yep. Nice. Good on her. Yeah, so it did, am I the only one who watched the cartoon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I didn't even... I mean, I saw it come up when I was doing searches about, on the... But I never never looked it up. Huh. See, yeah. I, I don't even know. I mean, I thought that when... I did not know that it was a game show. And then I watched that because I always remembered it as a cartoon. Yeah, I, I didn't, focused I didn't on know. the game and the cartoon. Huh. I, I didn't know. Uh, game show. I didn't know what it was. I just did a search on YouTube for Carmen San Diego and watched <laughs> like, the videos. in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> that was clever. I give you credit for that one. I, I didn't know what it was either. I mean, I until I looked it up on YouTube to see if I could find some episodes, and I'm like, it's a game show. I'm, I'm thinking, is this right? <laughs> that was almost exactly what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. See, I remember the cartoon. The cart, and it was pretty cool. It was one of those, you know, Carmen San Diego has just stolen the eye of the Shabanibadala, and she is in some place that has a large temple. And then they would try and figure out where it was, jump in a portal, and go over there. Very, very nineties. I mean, everybody had a hovercraft, and when the hovercrafts exploded, <laughs> you know, everybody had a parachute. I remember when Pat bought a hovercraft. Man, that was fun. Oh. That was a great what? 45 minutes. Best 45 minutes of that summer. I'm pretty sure that was the Ellen Parsons project. <laughs> and I think Josh got run over by it. A reindeer? <laughs> From the inside. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, there you go. Huh. All right. I think we've said everything we could possibly say about this. I agree. I agree. I'm thirsty. Let's go for a break. We'll be back in a little bit, and we're going to talk about Carmen Sandiego, which just came out on Netflix. But I'm bum. What? All right, we're back. And we are going to talk about Carmen Sandiego, which was just released like two weeks ago. Yeah, it's well, by the time you listen to the show, it'll be a month or so, but maybe three weeks ago, maybe never weeks. You may never hear this. It is brand new to Netflix. This could be the show that never gets published because Patrick falls down and breaks his arm. Josh. And I get replaced by Mark Summers. That's gets, and Josh, Josh tears his jacket and then becomes a scuba diver. I, I think you guys should go ahead in that case. <laughs> All right. So uh, the summary is, because the IMDb official summary sucked, uh, there was a rambunctious girl known only as Black Sheep who grew up in a school for criminals and yearned to find her place in it. However... Even as she excels, Black Sheep eventually learns the truth about her life and the forces of vile. Revolted at this evil, Black Sheep escapes and takes the name of Carmen Sandiego. Now Carmen travels the world with her gang and an international thief opposing the plans of vile. However, there is another party in this conflict. The Acme Detective Agency is on the case to stop vile and they suspect the flamboyant 
Carmen Sandiego is the key as they investigate where in the world she is. That uh, uh, Kenneth Chisholm wrote that, and it was very poorly, like, I'll say written, but... Yeah, there are some punctuation issues there, Kenneth. Get your shit together. But yeah, I guess that the company named Vile would turn out to be evil. Right? I wondered that too. She's so smart and she never caught on. Well, I mean, she was dropped off there as a as an infant, so Well, and they didn't reveal that they're vile until they actually graduate. That's true. No, they say, they said it in the first episode. Yeah, they just didn't say what it stood for. Well, they yeah, they said it was vile. They're vi- uh, we're vile in the but they, it was like some sort of like export company. Yeah, but I mean, no everybody knows you're not going to name your company vile if you're not evil. Vile, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like naming yourself or you're a test tube company. I think you're spelling it wrong. Yeah, they they I didn't say they were smart. Well, all right then. So, um, Carmen Sandiego is voiced by a one Gina Rodriguez, who's known for such classics as Deepwater Horizon and Jane the Virgin. I watched a hell of a lot of Jane the Virgin. Isn't it any good? I mean, it's a soap opera intentionally. It's mm. based on... It's like a parody of the Mexican soap operas, the novelas. Oh. Okay. I see it, it pops up like every three seconds on Hulu for a while. And Deepwater Horizon, is that Mark Wahlberg, I think? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the oil rig movie or something like that? Mm-hmm. And then she was also in Annihilation, which is a Natalie Portman uh, oh, alternate universe that. movie. It's on Prime right now, but I haven't watched it yet. I really want to see that one. Okay. Uh, Player... Who is the you know the equivalent of the original TV show Kids Sitting at the Computer is played by Finn Wolfhard, who, for as badass as his name sounds, does not look it. <laughs> Which everybody will know him from Stranger Things and It. Yes, he uh, Richie Tozer from It and um, uh, Mike Mikey from Mike uh, Stranger Things. That kid is going places. He's got a trajectory right now. He's got to hook up with a rock or something. With a name like Finn Wolfhard, you need to look like that. <laughs> Get buff as he's growing Seriously. Up. Who are you? I'm Finn Wolfhard. I'm Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, that's, that's that's where he's at right now. That's where he's at at the moment. Yeah, but he's only like, what, 14, 15 years old? So give him some time. He'll get into it. Yeah, he's just a kid. Yeah. So uh, Pro- Professor Maelstrom, uh, voiced by Liam O'Brien... Coach Brunt by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. Uh, Kari Walgren is does the voice of the foil Sheena. Uh, Chase Devineau is done by Raphael Petrardi. Charlotte Chung does uh, Juliet Argent. And eventually we have uh, Abby Trott as Ivy, Michael Hawley as Zach, and Don Lewis as Chief. Now, this is kind of fun because uh, Rita Moreno, the voice of the original uh, Carmen Sandiego, is actually the voice of Cookie Booker, the uh, accountant for the agency in the first episode. Yeah, thought that was a fun little bit of trivia. She comes back uh, in episode three or four. Okay. Yeah, she's got a little bigger part. 
Cool. Yeah, she does the voice of Cookie Booker, and it's kind of nice. I like that when they bring her back in. You know, it's uh, um, it was kind of cool because I was actually uh, picked up on her voice when she first started. You know, you kind of kind of recognized it. Should have had Mark Summers make a cameo. That would be pretty cool, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, uh, Josh Liam O'Brien, who does Professor Maelstrom. Uh, actually does the voice of Red Nine from Final Fantasy uh, Seven Advent Children. Oh, yeah, another video game tie-in. Yeah, there's. I mean, a video game movie tie-in, but yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, he also does in Final Fantasy. God, what is it? So many Roman numerals. (laughs) (laughs) Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. Right. Okay. Thirteen two. That's li- no. Josh, back me up on this. Yeah, thirteen had three. Uh, thirteen, thirteen two, and thirteen three lightning I, returns. I thought he was totally just fucking up the Roman numerals. No, <laughs> that's a thing. I mean, it definitely is a thing, but at this point, it is not. When Roman numerals in video games, for some reason or another, I'm totally cool with. <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, Final Fantasy ones just go all sorts of janky. Um, some of the other voice actors was, uh, that I had said is Carrie Walgren. Uh, she does the voice of Tigress here and also does the voice of Tigress in, uh, Kung Fu Panda. Oh, that's easy to remember for her. Yeah. And, uh, Dawn Lewis, the voice of Chief, uh, <laughs> she was in a different world as Jaleesa. Really? Really? And also huh. Cheryl in I'm Gonna Get You Sucka. Oh, that's a that's a neglected classic. Is there any way we could do an I'm Gonna Get You Sucka show? <laughs> oh, we could do, um, when did uh, uh, Black Dynamite come out? Oh, that wasn't too long ago. Uh, I'm looking that up as we're talking here. I know they're making a sequel to that at some point. Awesome. So, White. Oh, 2009. We could maybe do those mm, two. That would be a thing. So some uh, trivia. Uh, like I said, Rita Moreno was the voice of the original Carmen Sandiego. Uh, a note of fans for the first animated series, Carmen's relationship to Zack, Ivy, and Player have changed. They are now sidekicks to her versus uh, being the ones that were trying to catch her. And Player is now the, uh, as they definitely say, he is the white hat hacker as versus the red or black hat. So he's kind of like the the um, the tech guy in the background, making sure everything goes on. Uh, Dan Don Lewis also plays the voice of Chief as a tribute to Lynn Thigpen, who was a chief in the original Carmen Sandiego. Lynn Thigpen is still around, though, isn't she? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean she can't be like, hey, I'm going to do this just like you, because it was, you know, she was pretty intense in that. It was kind of cool. No, she did die. She did? Yeah, 2003. Oh, shit. Double back. Wow. I I, I wasn't sure. I looked it up because I was... Huh. No, oh, now I'm sad. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh. So there you go. So Carmen Sandiego, one of the things that I initially thought when I watched this, the animation style 
kind of reminded me of um, the uh, cutscenes from. Oh, crap, you got to help me out here, Josh. A uh, PS PlayStation. Final Fantasy. No, it's not Final Fantasy. It's a oh. PlayStation uh, video game with a fox that's a thief. Oh, uh, Sly Fox. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sly Cooper, Fox, Sly Cooper. Um, it reminded me of the uh, Sly Cooper ones with a very kind of like jagged style of animation in there. But um, I watched a couple episodes of this. I was actually kind of impressed. After watching the game show, I wasn't quite sure what this was going to be at first. And uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised, and I like the animation style. Yeah, I, I do too. It's it's blocky. It's very colorful, but it it's definitely not um, simple. But it's also just a much better story told through you know through narr- through narrated you know a narrated story rather than you know through a game show. Let's just be honest. Well, true. Uh, <laughs> it's just a better medium for telling a story of a, of a jewel thief or or a city thief. City thief. <laughs> right, because in the game they were stealing the entire like. <laughs> they entire stole town. Milan. What the hell? But yeah, the first couple episodes. Uh, going to be pissed. Is uh, all backstory. Uh, the first two are called "Becoming Carmen San Diego," and uh, it starts out with Carmen San Diego stealing items from a uh, museum in uh, France and being chased down by a Interpol uh, um, detective. A very aggressive. He like he wants to catch her. And you know what? I have to say, he is pretty st- sturdy. He in the first episode, he trips and falls and lands and on the hood and windshield of his own car after falling three stories. Yeah. And gets up, gets in the car, and drives off chasing after Carmen San Diego. So I give him credit. I got to admit, when I heard this was announced and she was going to be more of a hero who steals from thieves, I was extremely skeptical. Mm-hmm. But they did good. a good job of creating her backstory. Yeah. They gave her a, a solid reason to be that way. Mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, and in this one, it's... Um, her backstory is not for, I mean, not that there's going to be any sort of like incredible spoilers on this, but she is a orphan that is left at the doorstep of the vile Academy school for thieves. And she is grows up there and eventually discovers that, Holy crap. These are not export uh, import export people as vile originally was told them. Uh, they're actually a bunch of thieves and are like leave no witnesses type of thieves. Yeah, wait a minute. Stealing is wrong. Right. So I'm going to steal from the thieves. Well, I mean, initially she she was pretty naive about the whole thing and wanted to go through the classes and the training. And then, yeah, when she realized what they were actually doing, she made a decision, the right decision. But Well, I think it was the... I, I'm actually kind of digging the way that they did the introduction to her because it's a... She gets chased down by the French Interpol uh, detective, winds up on a train with um, Chase, and they they run the backstory across two different two ep- the first two episodes, and it it it's 
it's nice. I'm not going to say nice, but it's it's a definitely a... It's a good plot device. Right. It's an easier way to step into it versus, oh my gosh, I've got this blah, blah, blah going on. It's a little bit more explanatory um, and walks into it very nicely. Versus, it's not as um, abrupt as some intros are. Well, it's, it's a bit more cinematic because if you look at a lot of cartoons... They drop you in the center of it, and then they explain things as they go. This immediately kind of sets you up for what they were gonna, where it was headed, mm-hmm. and then then they took the 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 you know the shackles off after the second episode, and they're like, okay, we're off to the races now. Yeah. Well, I think it's a little bit more. Uh, how to put it? Like if I was watching a cartoon when I was a kid and they were like, hey, here's these two chipmunks and they run a, a detective agency. And I'm like, awesome, cool. Don't even care why I'm in. <laughs> you know, just like, all right, I'll buy it. It's good. Um, I think kids today are like, would be like, all right, why? And well, I... Carmen Sandiego on the Netflix version actually gives you a good explanation of why they wound up where they're at. A lot of cartoons, they give you the the backstory and the, you know, in the in the intro and in the theme song or whatever. Uh, and you're right, even then it's it's minimal at best. Mm-hmm. But when you have things like um, the Dragon Prince or uh, Legend of Korra or you know some of the the cartoons that are out there that are made for kids, but that are geared towards adults too. You know, they have to be a bit smarter about it. And kids these days are a lot more savvy, I think with that. Like oh yeah. Saying. Yeah. Although, I, although there, there, I'm sure there's some that would be like, Oh dude, there's two chipmunks that run a detective agency. I'm in, I don't care why <laughs> you're still going to have those kids. That one chipmunk looks just like uh, Indiana Jones. What the hell? <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, as as the way as kids cartoons go, I mean, which is way I have to I have to classify this because it's not like it's in a, a adult animation a la like Family Guy or anything like that. Um, they they have it seems like they have a lot of respect for the viewers. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that. You even get some drama in the school itself with the uh, teacher that. Uh, I can't remember his name, the uh, Asian-inspired kind of dark samurai guy that was holding her back. Oh, yeah. Um, Shadow? Shadow-san. Yeah. Yeah, intentionally rigs the, the, the testing just so she won't pass. Right. Um, well, damn it. I've been muted for like the past 10 minutes, apparently. <laughs> I kept saying shit. I'm like, okay, apparently I'm not being very funny or whatever. <laughs> Nobody's responded to anything. Why is nobody laughing at that? That's gold, Jerry. Gold. Uh, lost to the annals of time. I think you have that wrong. Yeah, it's lost to the annals of... Pat. Yeah. What were you going to say, Pat? What was your word? No, no, it was... No, I mean, nothing really important. I just threw little things in here and there, but I would make little smart-ass comments. And I just didn't realize I was muted. I'm, I'm dumb. Well, I'm curious because I, since I've never played the game... Uh, and all I've seen is the, the the game show. I mean, obviously they've rewritten the the, the history of Carmen San Diego. Yeah, they oh, just turned, sure. She's gotten she's turned into such a like pop culture figure that they they I guess they decided they didn't want her to be 
the bad guy anymore. They might as well cash in on the on the name regu- the name recognition. And while this may not be true by the time this episode goes up, right now you can go to Google, click on the bottom, and play "Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego" through Google Earth. Yes, and it's very similar to the original games. But in the original game, and at least in the game show, she's the villain that you're trying to catch and put in jail. Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. They've obviously you know, decided they're going to make her a good guy now so that they can cash in on the name recognition, I suppose. Because if you think about it, you know, the only the only person that's known in the whole Carmen Sandiego thing is Carmen Sandiego. There's, it's not like you know, a whole lot of people know who's trying to catch her. No, uh, beyond the Acme Detective Agency, that's... Right, yeah. Which then you have to create good guys, uh, uh, you know, a league of good guys that then kind of overshadow potentially the person that the show is about that they don't want the kids role modeling themselves after, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's kind of cool that they added in the, um, the third person in this because in so many of the previous ones, it was like... Oh, Acme's chasing after Carmen Sandiego. And there's a little bit more plot device in this where um, you're not, a, um, the especially for the for the outside viewers and the, the French detective from Interpol, they're not 100% sure what side Carmen Sandiego is on. Yeah, his partner has, uh, you know, kind of stumbles upon the theory that she is a thief that's like a Robin Hood almost type of figure. But of course his ego and his desire to catch her kind of blinds him to the fact that that's, that's not what it's going to be. She's bad. And that's all there is to it. Um, they introduced some more characters in later episodes for her that they're part of her team. Um, so aside from a player, she's also got a brother and sister that are redhead, redhead, did kids well i don't know if they're kids but there's a, a guy and a girl and uh uh they're they're a little goofy but uh they're fun and they add a nice little um extra pair of hands to help her out so that she's not doing it by herself and that's the um uh what was it in the same name from the guys from the previous one the previous tv show i yeah i can't remember the name the names of the the character, as I was just trying to look it up here, because there's a picture of them. Okay. One thing I do have to say is that the I, I watching the old Carmen Sandiego to the new one. I really like the animation and the art style in this one. For sure. It's and in very general, the cool. Storytelling was better than it needed to be. It, but it did look very crispy, right? You know, it had a very nice design. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, almost like. Almost looked like the Incredibles kind of. It, it reminded me of them at least that, that style. Very cell shaded, yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean it's currently they've got 19 episodes on there, and they've got everything from her going to San Francisco, and I I actually really like the character Mime Bomb. <laughs> that should have been her first clue that they were evil. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The, the weird kind of the comic relief every once in a while. Well, and it's one of those things like um, I, when he gave his name, and then I think it's even one of the one of the teachers is like, "All right, letting a mime in was a bad idea." Mm-hmm. But mime bomb, I think, is I, that's a great 
villain name. And the fact that he is actually a bad guy. Yeah. He's a thief. Yeah, I like it when she locked him in the closet and then took the tools, and he immediately starts doing the invisible box thing. Right. So <laughs> he's trapped within a trap. But no, I mean, it, this is actually a really, um, I, I'm really digging this. It's better than I thought it was going to be. I, I was expecting a cheese ball. Okay, sir, we're going to chase down Carmen San Diego, but this whole. Uh, a thief who, you know, ex-thief that went to the thief school and is thieving from the thieves and thieving, 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 thieving with the anti-thieves and all that. I, I, as much as goofy as it sounds, I really dig it. Was, yeah. she, a th- was she a thief? No. Well, she, I mean, she, she is a thief. She was a chef. Yes. Yes. A well, chef, if you will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You just created a new word. Uh, I mean, it's clearly geared towards a younger audience, but I think it's smart enough that obviously, you know, even those of us that are adults have enjoyed it in different regards. Yeah. That's pretty successful. And, and you know what is kind of also kind of cool about it is that they, the new one is not as blatant with the education side of things. Yeah, it doesn't slap you in the face. That's that's for sure. Right. It's it's not like in the in the original '90s when it was like, oh, we're gonna go to France. That's where the Eiffel Tower is. You know, this one it's it's a little bit more in blended into the actual dialogue versus being as obvious as oh, that's right, I'm watching an educational TV show. Yeah, it's it's sprinkled in here and there, and I noticed that that it was. It was still there, but it was subtle. Yeah. More subtle, anyway. Do you think you're going to watch more of it? Uh, I might. I mean, I don't know. I I, I made it through four episodes uh, before we recorded tonight, and um, I I was enjoying what I saw so far. If nothing else, just for the animation alone, um, it was enjoyable just to kind of see the character designs. So I might. Very cool. How about Pat, Josh? What about you guys? Oh, I will not be watching any of this. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I got a lot of TV I'm pretty behind on. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't hate it, but it's just not anywhere near my wheelhouse or or, or interest level of any, any kind for me to even want to watch it again. Your mind will bring you back around at some point. Love will bring you back. Where do you have a daughter, Patrick? Let's hope that never happens. Yeah, honestly, I really do hope that never happens. For her sake. Yeah. I mean, screw you, that poor kid. Well, yeah, I, I already feel for her. Oh, how could you do that? <laughs> oh, Jesus. How can I feel this bad about a kid who has never existed? <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, Carmen Sandiego yeah. then, Carmen Sandiego now, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, I mean, you know, for the, further then I'd still give it a thumbs up. I, like I said, it was kind of enthusiastically just kind of cheese ball fun. Plus it was educational and for the new one, definitely a thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of the same place for the same reasons. Yeah. I think, um, I'm going to join you in that one. Cause it's one of those, like, 
I watched it back then, and I it's I like it when they kind of sneak in the education thing. But uh, and for the now, it was pretty good. I mean, I'm really I kind of like I want to see what happens next, which is new for me. And I'm gonna give them both a thumbs up simply because I just don't think they necessarily deserve a thumbs down. They're not like you know my I'm not their target audience. They're not my jazz, my my jive, my whatever you want to call it, you know. But they're not like bad. I'm not gonna say they deserve a thumbs down. So you know, it's got. I guess it's got to be a thumbs up. It, if we had a choice for thumbs nothing, you know, I'd probably go with that. But is that a thing? Can we have that? <laughs> I'd, I'd like to give this no thumb at all. It's usually a thumb sideways. I think it's kind of the, the thumbs nothing. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. So I don't want to do that. So I just they'll be looking. I guess both thumbs up by default. I suppose. <laughs> Pat gives it a wrist. <laughs> well, I mean, I could see. I mean, give it a thumbs up for it does what it's supposed to do and it does it well. But it's just not my thing. Yeah, exactly. So cool. Yeah, you can quantify your thumb. <laughs> I call the band name. <laughs> Quantified thumb. <laughs> I'm just like. What are you doing? I'm quantifying my thumb. That, All right. That had, that 100% has got to be some kind of like industrial punk band or like German tech band. German techno. Quantify my thumb. Vr quantified thumb. No, if you think that was an awful band name, let us know. Give us a call at 708 now wrap. That's 708-669-9727. All right, now I just tossed in this in there. If you put in quantify my thumb into Google, the first thing you get is the one-minute astronomer measuring the sky. Okay. Or quantifying the independence of human finger movements. What? <laughs> Dream That's my jam. Dream I away. <laughs> really, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Uh, so, Joel, what are we doing next week? Speaking of uh, your one-minute astronomer, astronomer? Oh. <laughs> astronomer, we're doing a Star is Born. Uh, yeah, Star is Born 1976 versus 2018. That is a wide berth of years on that, so it'll be interesting to see what was acceptable or what is a a standard musical for back in '76 versus 2018. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. And thank you for listening. <laughs> Quantify my thumb. They've got chlamydia. Most of them. Yep. What? It's true. Yeah. Look it up. Hey. All right. This is going to one of the weirdest searches I've do. <laughs> I'm going to give you a 60-second limit because you'll get lost down a rabbit hole. Yes. Too far. It is a rabbit hole. <laughs> but it is true. What, what, what bear was this again? Koalas. 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 Koalas and chlamydia. Let's look it up. Do it's koalas true. have 
Chlamydia. Not all of them, yeah. but a large number of the population has them. Yes, has it. It's like um, armadillos and leprosy. And the first article is why the heck do so many koalas have chlamydia? <laughs> what? 